I like moving. How about you? All right. Good morning. It is so good to be with you. Remain standing, please, if you will, as we recite the other's prayer together. This is now a new tradition at our church for at least 2024. So recite it with me. Here we go. Lord, day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray. All right. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you know, it's always uh, when you get out of focus, it's never how long uh, you're, you're out of focus. It's how quickly you can get refocused. Amen. Because we don't let the devil know the word for the devil is distraction. So we come right back and we jump right into it. So uh, and that's what we're going to do today. So please open your Bible to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter five. Who's surprised? Matthew chapter 5 to continue our series or theme for the year, the year 2024, good identity, good activity, heavenly results. That's our theme for the year, good uh, identity. That's God's name, God's identity. Of course, good activity uh, implies practices and habits and disciplines that we need to gain into our reality so that then we have heavenly results. And of course, the heavenly results always result in the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's our uh, theme for this year. Good identity, good activity, and of course, healthy results. Now with that, uh, today I'd like to preach a message titled, simply titled, Just Believe, Transcendent Living. Just Believe, Transcendent Living. Don't let that word scare you. You know, let me say this, that in our day and age, a lot of people are studying, doing all kinds of different things, but language can be messed. Do you agree with that? There's, there's to be 10 people here today, we can talk about transcendent living. Some would say yes, we understand it, but others will scream, Beelzebub! Be very careful with language. Let's make sure that come together in God's grace and and uh, Stephen and I we had a perfect this is a perfect now Stephen that's an awesome guy you know, came together and we had discussion and so much fun when you get on the same page of music and you kind of adjust some things and have fun uh, and and not beat each other up but have a conversation that comes together in Christ so don't let my whole point here let that word scare you I don't think it does but just in case uh, if you have any questions after this message, come see me. All right, that's the title of our message, Just Believe, Transcendent uh, Living. Today, um, I would like with that title revealed, I would like to reveal the name of God, name of uh, name, El Elyon. On three, everybody say El Elyon. Ready? One, two, three. Terry said it sounded like a deodorant. I don't know if I want to go there, but it, it, it is just a wonderful name of God that we use, and that's his identity that we're going to connect with today, which when applied to God means this, the highest or the exalted one. El Elyon, the highest. And you see, it's our responsibility to transcend to the highest of who God is and what that's all about. Now, in the New Testament, uh, we're going where we're going to be today. Jesus is known as the Son of the Highest, or the Most High. 
by the Holy Spirit, this is important, is the power of the Most High. Now this implies who, whoever belongs to Christ are revealed as sons and daughters of the Most High by now imitating the Father's love. God the Father, El Elyon, God's love. We've got to connect and transcend with God's love in that partnership that we have with him through Jesus Christ. Now, when you praise the Most High, you worship the one uh, whose power, mercy, and let me use this word, sovereignty cannot be matched by another. El Elyon, are you with me? So with that, read with me our core verses today as we go into this mystical message, again titled, Just Believe, Transcendent Living. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 is our core, our, our core verses for today. So let's read this together, and then we're going to get into this message to really help us understand what that truly means. Because if you're a Christian and you can uh, believe this and understand it, you're going to be at a whole different reality in the sense of connectivity, purpose, meaning, uh, even mystery of life. And there's so few who call themselves Christians that actually get to that point where they can truly transcend with God as they're living through Christ and the transformational uh, reality of what that is through Christ. So let's read uh, our verses today. Before I do, of course, I have to set up. I don't like just jumping into the scripture. We are in the Sermon on the Mountain. If you agree with me, everybody say yes on three. One, two, three. Okay, this is the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus is just wrapped up Beatitude. Now, I need to say this last week. We looked at one of the Beatitudes. Anybody remember what that was last week? Blessed are peacemakers or, or the children of God. But there's many attitudes or be attitude, be human being attitude, the attitude of Christ. We've got to understand the be attitude. These, this is the, the elementary aspect of our faith. If, you're, if you don't know uh, and have the courage to step into the be attitudes, live them out because it's not easy, and actually applying them to your reality, you will never experience transcendent living, ever. Are you with me? And there's so many Christians that come to me and say, I just feel like a greasy rag in my faith and in my ministry. There's a reason. And I guarantee it, I'll point you to the Beatitudes every time. Since we're Christians, shouldn't we point people to Jesus every time? Every time. And by the way, again, you're not surprised I'm in Matthew 5. So here's Jesus with the Beatitudes. Now, if this is properly practice, let's say, believed and practiced, this is the result of those attitudes being practiced, those commands and sayings of Jesus. Here it is. Here's the result. You are now the salt of the earth. Ha. Huh. You ever get a chance, there's this book by uh, W.D. Davies. He writes a whole book on the word salt. Because th this is a metaphor, I hope you realize that, abstract language that Jesus is using. And uh, it's a metaphorical word that has many associations. 
I mean, yell out one of your uh, terms or definitions of salt. We know it gives flavor. What else? Preserves. What else? What's that? Seasoning. Ha! Ah, that makes me so hungry, Delilah. You know what just came to mind? This is not the Holy Spirit. I hope, well, maybe. Remember back in the 70s, those, those McDonald's French fries? We're talking about McDonald's. Right? They're different today than when they were. But you'd get those perfect French fries and put the salt on them. There was nothing better as an elementary student, because we got them about once or twice a year back then. Oh, so good. Salt. So there's many meanings. So you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Well, I would say go back to the Beatitudes. But this is a riddle, so we won't go there today. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Do you realize what Jesus is saying here? Because the Beatitudes are going to get the, your, your worldview in place, the biblical worldview. It's going to get your character in place. That's what we're doing. But if you don't do the Beatitudes, you're going to get trampled by human beings in your human experience. You see that? And how many people do we know get trampled? Depends on the circumstance, situation, and people. That's because they're weak with the Beatitudes. They're elementary with them, if you will. And Jesus, or in the book of John, talking to the church, you've got to return to your first love. Beatitudes. So let's make sure we understand. I don't have time to get into it. This is a lot of fun once you start getting into it and investigating and, and really uh, understanding what it means. Uh, and make sure you understand what it means through the perspective of Jesus and not some preacher with white shoes. Okay? All right, where was I? Somebody help me out. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, he makes a transition here. What happens if you're practicing the Beatitudes? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill, a better word here in translation, this is NIV, is mountain. Are you with me? Built on a mountain. A mountain is where the earth meets heaven. Heaven and earth. Genesis 1. Hello. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill, right of Christ, church and all that, cannot be what? Man, can I throw my Bible down and just preach a two-hour message right here? Because young people listen to me. Right now, there's too many people, too many Christians that tell me that their faith, their religion is private. Justify that with that scripture right there. You can't do it. It's mine. It's me, myself, and I. And that's just me and God. You're absolutely out of the will of God if that's your belief. We've got to turn things around and understand. Now I understand because most people are living faith uh, by, by misguided information and knowledge. And then they get scared and they, they back up. But this right here, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Of course, it moves on to verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its what? Stand. Hello. Talk about transcendent living here. It, Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. The house here is God's world. God to love the world. It's his house, nobody else. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others. Others, Lord, just others. Let this my motto be. That they may see what? How can you do good deeds by just being in your house, sitting in a chair, and not doing anything? Had too many people saying, no, it's not about good works. Yes, it is. It's not about good works to get to heaven. Not at all. It's a free gift. But once you get into the true faith, it's your good deed in the sanctification process. We won't go there today. The holiness process. That then you are going to be the light of the world. Good deed. And glorify, there you go, your Father in heaven. If you're with me, say amen. I know this is serious. That's our opening verses. I could say amen and be done, but I'm not going to do that to you because I know you're so excited about hearing the rest of this message. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. That is our opening scripture for today. Now, I know this. Most people are unfamiliar with that word, transcendent living, uh, and what it's all about. So let me... Let me demonstrate it this way today, what I mean. Make sure we're clear on what this is. i, I got to take a drink. That's a lot of... <laughs> Let me demonstrate it this way. And I'll do the best I can. But, did you know, you guys curious of what's under the blanket? All right. I did everything I could to find a Barney blanket. We were here last week. Uh, I couldn't find one. But let's... Oh, no, another object lesson. Who put that on there? John, you appreciate that one because you understand. Object lesson means what I'm doing right now. Let me kind of explain what transcendent living looks like. Uh, and what I want to do is I actually want to do the best I can to show you how to levitate. So your preacher this morning is going to levitate. Now, I'm not David Blaine or somebody like that, so I'm not very good. We'll see how this turns out. But let me share with you what I kind of mean, what this all is. Let me get this here, and let's see if I can do this here. Oh, are you ready? Here we go. Where's my feet? Where's my feet? There we go. You guys like my sneakers? Sherry bought these. Uh, you know I wore boots for almost a decade. They started hurting my back. So Sherry goes, yay, I hate those boots. So she started buying me these shoes now, and these are called Snoop Dogg shoes. Okay, but so here we go. Let's see if I can. Let's see if your preacher can levitate himself this morning. Okay, are you ready for this? See, the teenagers are. They can go to their little room back there. We're gonna have fun here. Okay. So how is? Well, what do I mean by transcendent living? Let's see if I got this. Okay. All right. Everybody on three, say go. One, two, three. I told you I wasn't David. Did you guys see my feet? They're supposed to look like this. Like this. I told you it wouldn't work, Sherry. I knew it wouldn't work because that's not my game. But here's my point with that.
You guys have seen the levitation. I wanted you to see the truth behind it. Because the real good ones will blow your mind. But the whole point with that little object lesson is there's always a truth behind that mystery. But first and foremost, let me encourage you with what Jesus said with the Beatitudes and Transcendent Living. You must believe first, then understand. If you've ever been to a magic show, uh, the magic guy up there, what were they known as? Copperfield, David Blaine. They hate the people that are like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Right? Or I'll, when I see it, I'll believe it. And then if that really worked, the reason we didn't really want to go full on that is because I'd lose half of you because you'd be going, like, how in the world did he do that? I showed it to you up front because I'm a graceful, kind, non-greedy person. And I screwed it up, to be honest with you. Okay? Well, we don't identify ourselves in our mistakes. We identify ourselves in Jesus. So let's go back to our message to really understand what that is. Now, in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, what time do I have till John? 3.30. All right. Now we got some more to go, I guess. Now we just got, I, I got a few minutes here. So Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus speaks to his followers, comparing them to the salt and light. He urges them to maintain their distinctiveness and, their, and let their light shine before others, regardless of the circumstances, situation, or people involved in their lives. How many of you have difficult people in your life? Raise your hand. That doesn't give you permission to lose your faith. How many of you have circumstances in your life that is just nothing but chaotic and absolutely crazy? Raise your hand. Yes. That doesn't give you permission to lose your faith. How many of you have situations that you're dealing with day in and day out now with some of the challenges that come with the fall? Raise your hand if that's you. Everybody's hand's raised. You see, you're not allowed to lose your faith. But it's a sad thing because too many Christians crumble. They're not on the rock. We're going back to the Beatitudes where we create the salt and light. So many people have asked Sherry and I, why aren't you guys just in the corner sucking your thumb going, there's a reason. It's our faith. Jesus. All right. Now these words that I'm sharing with you hold a profound message for us today as we strive to live. Now, hear these two words. As we strive to live transformational and transcendent lives. Now I want to under, uncover that for you today, what I mean by that. Because most Christians only live transformational lives. And what happens when they don't have transformational lives, they live in a greasy rag experience. They're not doing it. So let me clarify what I mean by transformational and transcendent living. First, a transformational life we're living. Transformational living happens when a person, first and foremost, repents. That means you turn the way you think to God and to Jesus. That's what repent means. You're thinking wrong. You're thinking like the culture. You're thinking like society. You're thinking like mom and dad. You're thinking like this. No, you've got to think like God, which is through Jesus, who's with me. We've got to get the mind of Christ in place 
so that then we can redeem the heart. Just makes sense. So this is transformational. This is what must happen. So from there, we know the command to be repent. What's the next command or teaching of Jesus? Be born again. That's a metaphor, a birth metaphor. And we've got to be impregnated by the object of all reality, God, and adopt His understanding when it comes to worldview, when it comes to a belief system, and when it comes to even religious tradition that everybody has, even if they're atheists. They all have habits and all that. And then from there, we must, what? Follow Jesus. And then we follow Jesus to redeem the heart, mind, and soul with all of our strength. Not just a little bit, all of our strengths to live the redeem, hear this, human experience. God wants to give you a whole new life, a new reality. And He's going to redeem the human experience, and it's the human experience that must be redeemed so that when we do transfer from this life to the next, we are then transformed, excuse me, we transcend to heaven on the other side of time where we then get to truly live in the completeness of God's kingdom. Are you with me? That's transformational living. Now, another word for this, if you're studying theology, it's known as imminence. Clint, you probably know this. Uh, another word for transformational living is imminent or intimate, a personal relationship with God. And you have to get this in place to have that personal relationship with God. Another term to use to describe transformational living, that again is imminent. Now, most are familiar with this aspect of Christianity, and it is necessary to live a good life here in time. But let me say this it's our faith's elementary and adolescent phase in the sense of that human experience. And yes, we must keep or maintain it to transcend to maturity in the faith. Quickly, let me just share uh, that, that process. Again, I've already done that, but let me give you a little bit more. We do this by first and foremost learning the sayings or teachings of Jesus understood as the Beatitudes. If you do not know the Beatitudes, come and see me. Because it's like an a, a eighth grader when I ask them going, give me the ABCs, and they go, A, B, Y, L, L. You're in the eighth grade. Maybe you should go back to the first grade, to your first love, and really learn what this is about, and apply it. Otherwise, you're going to collapse in those circumstances, situations, and with people. Or as we saw in our core verse, humans will trample all over you. I hope that's not what you want. I don't think. So uh, we've got to get the Beatitudes and applying the other virtues of Christ, following the Beatitudes, like generosity and sincerity and uh, flexibility, all of the virtues of Christ, just to name the few virtues that we follow here at Elevating Life Church, known as the 49 teachings or commands of Christ. We teach that model here, and that's the gospel in, in, a, very, uh, in a nutshell, if you will, is that model that we follow. These things are required to transform life through Jesus' way where we have the right to be called the salt of the earth. Back to our core verse. Are you with me? Transformational living is all about being the salt of the earth and not losing your 
salty. You know, some Christians don't taste this. Y'all smiling, you know exactly what I mean. You know, some, some people that they're not preserving the faith. They're preserving everything but. And so it's required that we understand that. This means we must keep or maintain everything I just shared to ensure we continue to preserve life and flavor the world around us. Our transformational living should bring out the best taste in ourselves with others, preserving the values and attitudes of God, now known as love, joy, peace, patience. Come on, you need to know this stuff. There you go. The essence of the Holy Spirit. So let me say it again. Transformational living must be maintained consistently if Christians want to keep their saltiness and be called the salt of the earth. For those who love Jesus, raise your hand if you love Jesus, uh, then you're making a decision. For those who love Jesus and truly want a good life here on earth under the fall, transformational living is key to ensure transcendent living happens with the Most High or El El Young. That's transformational living. Who's with me? Now, on to transcendent living. John 14, 15 through 21. I set all that up to say this. With the Beatitudes and Sermon on the Mount and everything that that is, if you love Jesus, if you love me, what's the next three words? Keep my commands. My teachings, my sayings, the Beatitudes, part of that, is all the teachings that we offer here. And I will ask the Father, uh, and he will give you another advocate. Hello, Holy Spirit. And he will give you another advocate to help you, support you, and be with you on Sunday. No, forever, now, and forever, always. And this is known as the Spirit of Truth. You're born again with the Holy Spirit. But then you get all of this teaching of Jesus in place, and then through the design that God has given us in the Sermon on the Mountain, we then begin to transcend, or we allow the Holy Spirit, the essence of the Holy Spirit, known as the Spirit of Truth, to transcend. Are you with me? The world cannot accept Him. In fact, some of you right now are just like... The world cannot accept Him, Spirit of Truth, because it's, they can't see Him nor knows Him. So in other words, these are the people in life that understand to believe, rather than believe to understand. Think about this. Uh, we got some new people here. Isn't it wonderful? In elevating life church, just know this, my new people. My new people. Like that. You come in, we, in the sense of the true heart of elevating life church, believe in you. Then we understand you. The ones who don't get it, people come in and they say, Oh, no, I'm not going to accept you. I'm not going to believe you. You've got to prove yourself first. How evil is that? Evil people understand to believe. True Christians believe 
to understand. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. The world cannot see that or accept it. Give me logic first. I want to know before I believe. Thank you, Thomas. Doubting Thomas? No. He said, fine, I'll audit. Here's the evidence. But the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, Christian. For he lives with you and, li and will be in you. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you and what? Here we go. Uh, before long, the world will not see me anymore. That's Jesus' ascension in the book, right, the end of the gospel in the book of Acts. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me now. Because I live, you also will live on that day. You will realize. That word realize means reality. There's too many Christians in a fantasy world. We got to get into the reality. We got to we got to be in the present. We got to communicate well, but we got to see and face reality. Then we got to take good actions in Christ. Are you with me? That's grace and truth of Jesus. And on that day, you will realize reality that I am uh, my in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Verse 21 wraps this up. Radical. Whoever has my commands and keeps them. Maintenance, hello, Sermon on the Mountain. The attitudes and all that keeps them is the one who you love Jesus. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. There's the love we're after. Everything that that is. Agape love and everything that that is. And I too will love them, that wisdom and character of Jesus, as we navigate life and show myself to them. Whew transcendent living. So here comes the light now referred to in our core verses today. Matthew 5. Let me say a few more things and I'm going to wrap this up. Transcendent living is the light or action or behaviors, attitudes of God's children that light up the world through the Beatitudes and serving the fruit of the Spirit. We are called to illuminate the darkness around us no matter what. And our transcendent living serves as a beacon, beacon, excuse me, of hope, uh, inspiring others to seek the most high, El Elyon, and guiding them towards a life of connectivity, design, purpose, enlightened faith, uh, meaning, and even that's transcendent. And this is the advocate Jesus promised to help to be with you forever. Now, the spirit of truth. Welcome to Transcendent Living. Christian faith can be compared now to a coin that has two sides. Please take this metaphor with you. First side represents transformational living. Getting things in place. Elementary, adolescent aspect of our faith, which is Again, that, that base. The second side represents transcendent living, which is the mature aspect so many people want of faith. You have the choice to merge uh, both sides of the coin and become a valuable follower of Jesus and God's kingdom now, living according to Jesus' way and truth. Otherwise, you may be condemned to follow the patterns of the world. 
live in its curse and the troubles and face death their way. Or you can face life and enjoy the inheritance of God's reality. With me now and always. So as we go forth now, let me embrace the uh, the challenge. Let us embrace the challenge to live a transformational and transcendent being. Don't be a different person walking in. Let us be the salt that adds rich richness to the lives uh, of others, and the light that dispels darkness and guides others through their own transcendent journey. May our actions and deeds glorify El Elyon, God the Highest, and inspire others to do likewise, where they too get to uh, live that transformational and transcendent living, where they then can serve others. Others, Lord, just others. Let this my motto be. Let me live for others that I may be more like. Amen. Here's your mind.